Hey there, this is Emily. And this is Rosa. Welcome to the Unchecked Podcast. We are two women from two different countries who will talk about living life in their late 20s. Hey everyone, welcome back to our latest episode. So this one is a fun one. We're going to be talking about Korean pop today, K-pop. Um, K-pop actually has been a huge part of our lives. So me, Rosa, and Famita, who is going to be our guest for today. Um, so before we actually begin, I want to introduce Famita. She is my best friend that I've known for 10 plus years. Um, and she and I actually started knowing each other and bonded over K-pop. So I'll have Famita introduce herself. Hi. Yeah, this is Famita. Thank you so much for to Emily and Rosa for having me on this podcast. Yeah, so Emily and I have been best friends since high school and we're kind of like K-pop partners in crime. We've been to um, a few concerts together and um, we've been to Korea a few times together. Um, so I feel really honored to be on this episode of the podcast. So yeah, so I actually am, am from New York City and I work at a nonprofit management company um, I've been working there for the last six years. Thanks, Amita, for introducing yourself. Um, we're super excited to have her here. She has so much K-pop knowledge. Uh, so for basically kind of an up, what we're going to talk about for the rest of this episode, how all three of us got into K-pop in the first place, right? When it happened, how did it happen? Um, what were the different phases in our K-pop obsession, right? Uh, if we used to have any biases uh, during the day, if we have any biases now, how K-pop has influenced our life and how we spread knowledge to our K-pop, um, to our friends, co-workers, and also how K-pop also gets so much hate from other people, as well as any other K-pop fun facts. Um, just so to start us off, um, let's go to Rosa. Rosa, how did you get into K-pop in the first place? Well, first... It all started with this small little drama called Hana Yoridango, or as many call it, Boys Over Flowers. So I first watched the Japanese version, and I was obsessed with it. So I then watched the Korean version. And then after watching the Korean version, you know, there was a lot of songs in the drama. So I'm just like, oh, let me download the songs because I'm so obsessed with this. So I really need to listen to it. And that's how I kind of got started into my K-pop obsession. What about you? I love, I love Boys Over Flowers. That was also my first K-drama. I have watched every single version around the world. Like there's versions like the Filipino version, the Thai version, every single version. Meteor Garden, I love it. Like I just, I even went back to the source material, which is, you know, uh, my, my uh, Japanese manga and I read it too. So <laughs> I was really obsessed with it. What was your favorite one version? I have to say the original with Hannah Jaridango, but then after the Korean version too, because obviously we all know who was the main protagonist there. And he has been like, I feel like the most famous um, actor in Korean drama since then. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know who that is, it's Lee Min Ho. Um, he was recently in the Eternal Monarch. Uh, and I know all this because I'm also updated on K-dramas. Uh, how about you, Femino? How did you get into K-pop? Um, so I got into K-pop um, because actually I went on the website Crunchyroll. Um, and it was a little different than how it is now. Um, this was back in seventh grade when I also loved 
anime and um, I was into J-pop. And so I went on this Crunchyroll website and I saw a music video by the K-pop group TVXQ. And I just got really interested in them and I listened to all their music and they had different variety shows. Um, so that was kind of the beginning of everything. And then I got into other groups, other K-pop groups, and I've loved it ever since. Don't you remember when I called one of the guys from TBXQ Anted? <laughs> yes, that's true. I do remember. Emily was skeptical in the beginning when I brought up the fact that I like K-pop and she was like, I don't know, you know, what is this? But then I think soon you, you love Big Bang even more than I did at one point. Um, and it became, you know, all of our favorite groups. Oh my groups, God, so. I love Big Bang. <laughs> Big Bang is amazing. I love them so much, even though the group doesn't exist anymore, but it's okay. Uh, it had its prime time. Like for me, that's exactly how Famita described it. Um, I remember the first K-pop video I watched wasn't even an actual new music video. It was This Love by G-Dragon. He covered that song. And when Famita showed me that music video, I'm like, who is this lanky guy? He kind of looks like a girl. And all this like Korean music just sounds so foreign to me. Um, and then actually ever since I've been so hooked, uh, definitely with Big Bang. I was a huge Big Bang fan. Me and Famita went to two of their concerts. Um, and so I think like the first phase of my obsession was literally like catching up on all their YouTube videos, um, listening to all their behind the scenes music. And then just like, I remember on my, um, wall, I literally had like 40 different pictures of G-Dragon. <laughs> And like the big, big like uh, crew on my wall. And then my dad was just like, why do you have pictures of men on your wall? And what, are you okay? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, I think that was like my really, really intense phase where I just had to know everything about them. How about you guys? Did you have different phases? Definitely. I think that my biggest phase was when obviously when I was younger because the groups were bigger. First of all, there were a lot of male bands because, you know, like, I don't like growing up in the States, we grew up with NSYNC, right? And Backstreet Boys. So I guess I channeled that into just liking, you know, male bands, Korean male bands. And then after that, I kind of like broadened my horizons and started liking like Girl Generation, FX, right? And then as I got older, I kind of started liking more of like solo acts. So I started getting into B Rain again. I mean, he's an icon. And then Cyan T, I, I guess he's my, currently he's my favorite singer. That's how, like, my evolution of uh, Yeah, for, for me, um, you know, I was obsessed with TVXQ in the beginning. And, um, I, you know, they became really big in Asia. So not just in Korea, but then they branched to Japan. Um, and they became super popular. And I think at that time, I was kind of frustrated because I was like, why do they keep, you know, they weren't. They were so busy in Japan, I wanted them to kind of make their K-pop, you know, to come back. And so in the meantime, I started looking at other K-pop groups because I was like, all right, I definitely have a K-pop, you know, fix I need. And I think that's how I got into, you know, Big Bang. And I think now more recently um, or over the last few years, I've really enjoyed, you know, BTS and Blackpink and Twice, some of the newer groups. Um, but I also really enjoy another group that I really enjoy is Card. And I feel like Card has like a very worldwide um, flavor. And so to me, I feel like they're very different from kind of like a generic K-pop. And then another phase I would say is actually I got into Korean hip hop, which 
it's kind of like a subset, I would say, of K-pop. I don't know where it falls into, but there's some artists like Dean and Crush and Jay Park, who I like really love. And I feel like they also have a very, um, you know, worldwide fan base. Yeah, thanks, Savita, for sharing that. So um, after the Big Bang phase, I think I definitely had other phases, like 2PM was a huge one. I remember going to the concert. Was it with you, Fabito? I think so. Yes, it was. No, it was a Wonder Girls concert. Oh, yes. It was a Wonder Girls concert. And then and then 2PM basically, like, introed for them. And that was when we almost all died and got trampled by fangirls. <laughs> Yep. And so like I just remember one of the girls basically had a sign like for Tachyon from 2 p.m. They were like, tack your shirt off. <laughs> like that's how crazy these feet girls were. Like just I mean guys, insane. did you see the 2 p.m. SNSD, like the Cavi song? Like that yes. literally made my summer. Like honestly, I feel like I became a woman watching that video. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you who don't know that song, they're basically in a water park. 2 p.m. is all half naked. Um SNSD were in their swimsuits and they're just like playing in the water Um, but that was a really popular song back then I feel like such an old person just like referring back to all these I mean we're definitely dating ourselves like I mean I think that you tell okay you can tell if you're millennial or gen c by who you think is the biggest like band right because I think for us is big band and like Mm G-Dragon is like the icon yeah. you know like the breakthrough yep. and for like the you know the gener- the next generation for them is bts obviously because that's all they know so mm-hmm. but and so speaking of bts i would say that's my latest phase <laughs> um i'm super super into bts uh they are also not that younger than me i think so that's fine i think it's fine but it Fabita also introduced me to bts so i, I guess i would uh, credit her for both my big bang and bts obsessions um i i did want to mention something just to go back to what rosa was saying about how we kind of date ourselves so you know i have a younger sister who is now 12 and you know every time i have a conversation with her about k-pop and she absolutely loves it like she reminds me that i'm like I love, I think it's sec, second gen. I think that's what Big Bang and TVXQ are. And she's always like, wow, those are just like such oldies. I mean, now everyone, it's all Blackpink and BTS. And so it's like, I'm always like, wow, like I can't believe. And sometimes it's so funny because she'll say, oh, I wish I was kind of born in your generation too, because then I could say that I'm the K-pop expert. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Wait, what's first gen then? first gen is like h-o-t h-o-t okay yeah so even older than us exactly because i have a right we're not the first gen i mean we're old but we're not that old you know yeah i mean highlighter right is that generation one what's highlighter highlight oh is that what part of cube oh my god entertainment was it highlight that it's like now now they're known as beast oh yes beast okay yeah yeah yeah. oh my god i remember i loved beast too at one point you know what, like what I know, what about Super Junior? Because oh. I was obsessed. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was obsessed. Sorry, sorry. Oh my god, yes, I was so obsessed with that song. I even had my siblings listen to it when they were babies because I felt like it was very catchy, and they were just like really, <laughs> they remembered that song so well. Yeah, that's a classic. Oh yeah, that was a banger, definitely. Okay, so now that we've been talking about BTS and Big Bang and all of that, we should segue into why do we like K-pop so much? What are the characteristics that make them so 
incredible, right? Because, I mean, it's not only us. I think K-pop has taken over the world. So what do you think has made K-pop the breakthrough of the world, pretty much, that everybody likes it and everybody listens to it? Um, so I think one of the reasons why K-pop is so popular um, and the fact that I really enjoy it is because Honestly, I really, the music is really high quality and so are the music videos. And a lot of the people that are in the K-pop industry, they've spent years training. And so they really have the craft down and, you know, you kind of, you can feel their passion through their music because they've spent so many, so much of their life doing um, training and, and trying to get the best choreography and then the best vocals. Um, and so... I just feel like it shines through and I honestly think that the Korean music industry has some really amazing producers, music producers, and they know how to make a lot of catchy music. Um, and so that's, I feel like that's why kind of K-pop has exploded and so many different, uh, it's so popular in so many different countries now. Yeah, I definitely agree. I also think K-pop is kind of in a way a lifestyle so you're not really just listening to the music watching the music videos but you're also kind of seeing and what their personalities are like so with a lot of K-pop artists they don't need, only need to know how to dance and sing but some of them act um, some of them have are part of variety shows um, and in terms of behind the scenes you actually get to like know that person so you know a lot of K-pop singers are called idols because they are basically quote unquote performing and showing kind of a persona to their audiences. I mean, let's be real here. K-pop boys are hot. <laughs> In my opinion. <laughs> um, though a lot of the K-pop guys that I do like are a little bit more on like the feminine looking side. But I think it's just like who wouldn't like to look at people that are visually attracting attractive, like interact on a daily basis. So yes, the music and I think especially the dance is really cool too. Uh, for instance, uh, a few years ago, I started going to K-pop dance class. Um, so Famita has been to them too. But it's just so fun because you're, we're able to actually like practice the choreo for a few weeks and then actually record it. And it's just a, a different way of like connecting with the artist. How about you, Rosa? Okay, so what I think that makes K-pop stand out from other acts all over the world is that it's, it gives you a whole picture, right? Like you guys were saying, it's not only about just the music, it's about the look, it's about the dance, it's about, you know, four guys working really hard for years so they can have everything down and ready to be able to perform in front of people. And I think that's what it sells. Like, for example big band like g dragon you tell me his hairstyle you show me his hairstyle and i could tell you what video was it from right or like what era of of big band that was from like it give it really tells you the whole now we don't only consume music we consume the whole aesthetic per se and also i feel like you guys said like there's a really high quality in the k-pop product per se i mean we all know like we i mean i don't know about you guys but i watch the shows you know of like how they make it and how hard they they train so i think that also shows now in the whole product so on that said way k-pop has influenced me in a way because i have seen them like people work really hard for their dreams right like all of this especially like for example g dragon he talked a lot about 
how hard he had to work, um, how has fame impacted him. And I just, I mean, he was, what, 13 when he got discovered or something like that. So it really gave me like a sense of work ethic of really fighting for my dreams. And even if obviously I'm not going to be a superstar, but just kind of sticking to what I want and trying my best to, you know, like make it in a way. How about you guys? How has uh, Capo inspired you? I would say for me, um, I th- just to your point, Rosa, just being able to see an artist kind of grow and develop and you're kind of also aging or growing up with them is also really cool. I know in the beginning, like mostly in terms of Big Bang, it was more, you know, the music was just really hyped me up. It helped me go through all-nighters back in high school. Um, it just helped me through like bad times during college. It, it just because like, the play- playlist I have would just kind of repeat over and over again. And it's just like a really good inspiration. I think like, especially with BTS, I know the reason why BTS has such a huge following today is because um, their words and like their lyrics actually resonate with a lot of people, no matter the language. Um, if you actually look at all the translations about what they talk about, it's a lot about self-love, um, being able to go through challenges, what it's like being a young person, in this growing world and i think that's why they're so influential and so worldwide because music overcomes language in a way right it is just it transcends music transcends language uh, in a way that it you just feel the passion you feel the lyrics you feel their voices just by hearing it if you think about even commuting like as a new yorker i commute a, at least two hours every day and so if you think about the whole span of my lifetime I can't even imagine how many hours I've listened to K-pop. Um, so it's a huge thing. I think it's also specifically for me, like in high school and in college, when I go through bad days, um, a good K-pop song uh, would actually pump me back up. So I think that's like, it influenced my life in the way it, it just like helped bring together my internal thoughts into more positive memories. Yeah, so K-pop, um, yeah, similarly for me, I feel like it's given me a lot of great memories. And um, even now when I think of some of the old songs, you know, it brings me back to kind of my, you know, my childhood, my uh, when I was in junior high and high school. Um, and even now, like it, it actually influenced me to take Korean language classes in college, um, which then led me to be more interested in Korean culture. And then wanted, you know, when I, traveled I felt like I was able to enjoy it much more and it was so exciting for me um, to go to Korea and and so I feel like it has influenced my life a lot and I'll always have those great memories okay Um, yeah and and another thing that Emily mentioned um, that we did is we started learning um, we we started going to k-pop choreography classes which I think actually right now that with the whole lockdown and everything is what's keeping me actually being more fit and actually doing exercise because they're so fun to do and you get so hyped up with the music because you recognize it. So it actually has led me to lead a healthier lifestyle. So that's how it's, those are some of the things it's done to influence my life. That's hilarious. Well, I would say it's kudos to me because I introduced you to Yes, it is kudos to Emily. (laughs) That's hilarious. Um, on that note, I, I love to hear from you all, like, what is one or two most memorable K-pop stories that you've had that you want to share with us? 
or with the audience today? Um, I think for me, um, you know, one of the first concerts I went to was the Wonder Girls concert. And afterwards, there was a kind of meet and greet. And I remember one of the members, Yubin, she just hugged me. Like that was, I felt so close to her. And I just remember that feeling. It made me feel so great. And it made me feel like, oh, you know, they do really care about their fans. And I don't know, it just stayed with me. Like I always feel special after that. Like I would always tell myself like, oh, you know, one of my favorite artists hugged me. And so that's kind of one of the things that I, I remember um, very closely even to this day. And I guess another memory would be, I actually recently took my younger sister um, to a ITZY K-pop concert. And it was her first K-pop concert and it was so amazing for her. Like I was so happy I was able to share the experience with her and, you know, she's kind of getting into the whole, um, you know, standing different members and um, it's just like a very, a bonding experience between me and her. So it's always fun to talk to, talk to her about K-pop. Um, how about you, Rosa? I think for me it was K-Con because... I mean, I, I think it was my first year in New York, so it was really fun to share that with Emily uh, because I was just getting to know everyone. And I think it was because Scienty was there and that was the first time that I listened to something like that was very much different than what I'm used to because mm -hmm. he's not really pop, right? So that was really, that was a really great experience overall. And I think it's also um, when Big Bang went to Peru. Oh my gosh. And it was freaking insane. Like, it was freaking insane. Like, they honor us by coming. And I didn't make it. Um, but I just, honestly, seeing, like, G-Dragon wear a chuyo, which is, like, a hat from the Andes, was, like, I honestly, like, that literally made my life, you know? Because it's kind of, like, the crossover of cultures. Like, it has brought so many people together, right? Like, like, I was telling Famila before this, before we started recording is like you know if you, on paper like the three of us are so different and yet we're here gushing about something that we the three of us enjoy and that's what one of the things i love about k-pop that it kind of has you know like emily said it has transcended language it has transcended culture like it's crazy like before big ben came like most people most older people in peru had no idea who the hell they were like they just know that people were standing in line for a week to get their tickets and then it was like it took over it was like a korea wave that took over the whole country because people from brazil came to watch that because it was the only show in latin america you can only imagine right wow so i just love the amazing. whole experience of it it was so cool and I love how, like, everybody yeah. was trying to learn some Korean for them. Like, it really, like, opened us to, like, you know, like, Korea in itself. So it was really awesome. And then the year after, actually, I went back to Peru. And then I actually started seeing Korean dramas that were dubbed and that they were sh being shown, you know, in, like, you know, regular channels in Peru. So it really, like, you know, came over and we kind of took a little bit of it and like you know went with it so that was really nice yeah i mean of course you know k-pop started with hot but honestly i feel like people like big bang really brought it worldwide and that's where they started capturing the global audience um so i think that's really crazy 
I would say that the two main experiences, and I have quite a few, um, is number one, when me and Famita went to our... Famita, I can't remember if it was mm-hmm. the first or second Big Bang concert. What a show uh, off. First or second. Like- <laughs> I don't know. Some of us have never been, <laughs> but we- okay. <laughs> bitter over here. I'm going to shut up. I'm just bitter, Betty. Um, oh my but God. where we screamed our lungs off. Every I think it was the second one because you know one? when we record these things afterwards we hear ourselves and we're like wow okay we were the loudest ones like who is this screaming <laughs> we were basically saying at the beginning of the concert like okay right. I really hope we don't sit next to like really loud obnoxious fangirls who say this other long so I can't hear them and that was exactly us um, we also like dressed up like from head to toe it was amazing so I think it was actually one of the the best actually the best period concert period because just like hyping up the music you know the fans and um like all the extra things that were happening around the concert just make this amazing yeah. feel like an amazing experience what album was it okay. what uh period of time do you know yeah, it was when bang 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 came out so you know that was like their that's still like their anthem song um oh yeah God. and actually yeah. i want to mention one yes. thing um in that concert um, there was actually a moment where, so there's a song that I think it's, um, top. Yes. I got to talk about top. <laughs> oh my God. Top. <laughs> yeah. I think, every, I think yeah. everyone wet their oh pants when God. top came he out. Was, I'm just saying. Yeah, he's so hot, but he came on and I remember that he did a play on words because in Korean, there's this word, it's like bitch, right? But it actually means shiny in Korean. But, you know, obviously it sounds like a curse word. So when he came out, though, he played that word like five times in a row. And he knew that he was, you know, playing around with the audience. And it was so epic, I thought. It was like, I still remember it. Like, he's such a badass. Oh, my gosh. So that's my first experience. And then the second one would be um, <clears throat> not related to any concerts, but I actually met Jay Park in person before when I uh, was in K-Town. So this was... I think around in college, actually, no, I think it's after I graduated. And then um, I was basically like, I had dinners with my uh, coworker and then uh, I was like kind of drunk. And then I walked down, it was like literally the street to 32nd street when I was going to take the train. And literally I saw, I thought I saw Jay Park, right? So I had to do a double take. And then I was like, it is him. And so, you know, in my drunk moment, I was like, I need to say hi. So I walked up to him like, hey, I'm a huge fan, like, having to get a picture. Um, granted, like, he was really nice, but he was, you know, it's kind of, like, kind of jarring when you see a K-pop idol in person. Um, I guess all I, wanted, I could say is that he wasn't really what I expected. Um, obviously, like, he was, like, more... He was just, like, more chill, but also, like, a little bit on the... You know, you know what I mean. Just, like, a little something-something. So I was like, Yes. <laughs> Um, but no, he was nice enough to like take a photo with me, and it was hilarious because before I left, he was like, "Hey, do you know where Circle is?" <laughs> and for those of you who don't know what Circle is, um, it was it's a Korean club back in the day, and I was like, "Of course, that would be something that Jay Park would ask." And I pointed him, I hopefully in the right direction, and then went on with my life. But um, I met him, and I got a photo, and it was still exciting um, overall. You didn't take a picture with him. I did take a picture with him. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Well, I don't. I didn't. Okay, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, and he's like kind of short. Girl, too, they're all person. short in person. 
I went to J Park concert, so you know, J Park <laughs> fan right here. <laughs> I love J Park yeah. too. I I think he's a hottie. He is. Yep. He is a hottie. A little bit cocky, but that's just his. That's how well, he is. He's a rapper. I feel like all rappers have to be cocky. All right. So now that we talked about our, like K-pop stories, I guess what、uh, we could talk about how we spread knowledge about K-pop to our friends or coworkers. Do we find ourselves doing that at work, or with people that are necessarily like into K-pop? Like, how do you feel about that? Well, I think that I mean, for example, with you know, there's a Nintendo game that is Dance Dance. Yeah.、Um, there's a lot of K-pop there now, so I'm just always like, you know. Letting them know that、I、actually know every single mood because I actually like K-pop, <laughs> so I actually like it that now that it is so global that we can you know that is even in this game. So besides that, I mean I feel like everyone that I'm really close with, maybe is not super fan, but they're still aware of K-pop, so it's not something that you know, like、uh, I will bring it up, but. My coworkers in France, they're older French men, so like K-pop is just like not really in the、mm-hmm. radar. So yeah, I mean, I, we haven't really talked about it at all. I think once I, we were all putting music,、uh, and I put like a big band, like、uh, well, it was it's not a big band song, but I am a good boy. You know that song? Yes,、mm-hmm. yes, I do. So yeah, and they were like, "Wait, they only say two words in English, and everything else is in what?" <laughs> they didn't know what language it was. <laughs> I was like, "It's Korean." That's hilarious. <laughs> like, oh, do you speak Korean? <laughs> You're like, not really. Well, fun fact: Famita knows how to rap in Korean. Oh my wow. god! Oh my god! I don't know if I still have it in me, but at one point I did. I think I did know how to rap, and it's just, I mean. I have to brush up on my Korean skills, but、um, I think for me, for my my in my work、um, workplace, like everyone knows me as kind of like the K-pop person.、Um, and at one point, I was actually always introduced as such. Like whenever anyone would introduce me, they would say, "Oh, like she loves K-pop." But、um, yeah, one of the fun things is、um, at my job, we would go do karaoke like every、um, like you know after a Christmas party or ever after a get together, and it was. Uh, the karaoke that we went to would have, you know, K-pop songs. So I would always kind of flex my whatever Korean I knew, and you know, sing those songs. And it was it would always impress everyone. So that's like a good way to kind of impress your coworkers, you know, <laughs> if you know Korean. And um, and I think uh, the other thing is like with my like I guess with my siblings, I told them about K-pop, and now my younger sister, as I mentioned before, is obsessed. So that's, I guess, a way that I'm spreading knowledge about K-pop.、Um, yeah. So, how about you, Emily? Yeah. So, I think just like if I really think about the past ten plus years of my life, I feel like K-pop is has been the foundation of it.、Um, in the way that, like, for me, even you, you and I, our friendship was like strengthened by、yes. our love for K-pop. That is like, true. We obsessed. <laughs> yes, right. We like obsessed over the same groups. We like talked about it. We're like, hey, did you see this episode? You know where this group was in and all of that. I mean, Rosa, you and I also, I felt like our relationship was strengthened through K-pop because we had that like bonding,、um, bonding thing. And like,、uh, and honestly, with my coworkers, when I worked in a marketing agency, 
um, I met uh, three of these other girls. Uh, we're called Slags, uh, short little Asian girls. And um, it's because we bo- we bonded over K-pop. That's like how we first uh, like started to know about each other. And I remember my one of my uh, friends, Nicole, uh, I walked past her desk. I didn't know her back then. I, was, I saw all these like BTS albums on her desk. So I'm like, oh my God, like what albums do these? They look really cool. And like, I, we started having a conversation. Um, at my work now, I think I'm pretty on a DL on about K-pop, though my director did buy me a BTS notebook. So <laughs> maybe not too DL, <laughs> but like not to like the whole organization, right? Like people know I, I like BTS, but I guess not to the extent that I do like BTS. It's just like, oh, she likes K-pop. Not like she loves K-pop kind of thing. Yeah, so <clears throat> I think it's really defined my life. And even I'm just thinking about like, honestly, when we have kids and my kids like, oh, mom, what did you listen to back in the day? I'll be like, K-pop. And hopefully it'll be okay by th- like people. They won't be weird out by it. God knows what they're going to listen yeah. to when they're their age. <laughs> no, they're not. But you know, like, Usually it would be like, you know, Backstreet Boys or NSYNC, but I'm like, no, K-pop. Yeah, no, I think, um, yeah, I mean, every time I go over to Emily's place, like, you know, that's like the one thing. We always catch up on our K-pop videos and that takes up like a big part of our day and it is a big bonding part um, of our friendship. Um, And yeah, I think... I think in a f- I think when we have kids, I think K-pop will be cool. Like I think even now, like a lot of people tell me that their their kids just love love K-pop, and um, and I think the message is, I think the message of K-pop is is like yeah. as you mentioned, what makes it go kind of worldwide. At least with BTS, it's always a positive message, and it's a way for people to bond. And I've seen this with kids where it's like they it's easier for them to connect like in our social media era. It's like so hard people for people to kind of connect and the younger generation to build those friendships. But I feel like if they can talk about K-pop and they can bond over that, uh, I know it's made a difference for my younger sister. Like she has her like K-pop group of friends and she always messages them. And she was actually having a hard time at school and this was kind of her, you know, escape. So I feel like it, you know, it, it is such a great bonding thing for people. Oh, so good to hear. Like the next generation, yeah. you know. So they're making like your sister is kind of making the same type of friendships that you did. To- wow, yeah. I just that's realized so that. Sweet. Yeah, that's amazing. That's you know, fun fact. I went to Jujutsu concert by myself, and I pretended to be a high schooler. Granted, this was like a few years after I, I graduated, was working, because I was the only one who went there. And then I just met this group of high schoolers, and they seemed so chill. So I just pretended to be I was in high school and just like bonded with them for like the three hours we were together. You know, you should you should shout out to your mom for her good ass jeans. I know, those Asian jeans, man. I mean, who knows? Maybe I got my sister into K-pop so that, you know, I can use her as an excuse to keep going to these concerts even when I'm like 40 or 50. So. Well, Mamita, you are an evil genius. Not even an evil genius, you're just a genius. Well played. But you know what's crazy is that even though we're out here gushing about K-pop, it still gets a lot of hate. Like, for example, this whole, I mean, I don't want to get political on this podcast. I mean, one of the few times that you're going to hear me say that. But even when K-pop stands get together and try to do something good, like, you know, get tickets to a Trump rally Amen. and show up, they still get, like, you know, they still get harassed for it. Like, honestly, there's two types of people that, like, like K-pop stands run Twitter. Like, 
I know people are like having no, cannot believe that, but it's true. I mean, just not even K-pop stands, just stands in general run Twitter. But K-pop stands like they have a next level of like I feel like group. They're really good at doing things in groups because you know the three of us know that everything over there in Korea there's a lot of like you have to vote to for to do certain things. You know you want to have like the first time that you're the first song that your favorite k-pop band drops in the new album you want to get them to like to have a billion views so there's a lot of teamwork that that requires right so but i guess i guess people are not used to seeing like you know like this massive of people doing certain things and that's why they get a lot of hate or also the way that there you know there's a lot of k-pop bands that like the guys are a little bit uh feminine quote-unquote even though like you know, femininity is very different in the U.S. because it's then in the East, you know, because of we have a lot of toxic masculinity in the U.S. Not that other countries don't, but we do have it and it shows in different ways. So why do you think that the K-pop gets so much like flack from people? Um, I think it, you know, I, I think K-pop, the, one of the reasons why is people try to see it as like generic music. Like I think right now, even when I see, sometimes I'll watch like YouTubers' reactions to K-pop and some of these YouTubers are new to K-pop and they start liking it and whenever they kind of comment on it, they always say, oh, like this isn't too, I don't know, girly or it's not too cutesy, so it'll appeal to a broader audience. So I think, you know, just by them saying that, they're kind of insinuating that there's a lot of people that think K-pop is just like too cute or two girls, you know, they don't want to look beyond the surface. Like they just want to point out, oh, you know, maybe these girls are like over-sexualized if they're under, you know, a certain age or like you said that why are the guys wearing makeup? And so I feel like they find things to not want to like K-pop, but if they can move past that, like they will see that there's a lot of variety in K-pop. It's not like one tone. Um but yeah, I guess. And then to your point about um, there just being a lot of K-pop fans, I think that's a great thing. But I think also there that might also be another reason why people don't like K-pop is because they feel like a lot of um, videos and things are, you know, kind of all the K-pop fans rush into the comments and they're always talking about their, um, you know, favorite artists, even if it doesn't have anything to do with the content. So I think that's where it gets to the point where some people start hating on K-pop just sometimes because of the fans' behaviors. Um, that's just something that I noticed. Um, whenever I go on a YouTube video, I'll watch something and I'll see somebody commenting and it has nothing to do with, um, you know, the content. And so I can understand why that would be frustrating. Um, how about you, Emily? What do you think are some of the reasons why K-pop would get so much hate? I Yeah, I think it's like a little bit of hate, but also to Rosa and yours's point, like a little bit of bias, the association that like K-pop is only targeted for like, like real young women who like only care about like sexualized men or, you know, like young men who's only care about like over-sexualized women in the industry. But I think what people fail to realize is that like K-pop fans run the gamut. Like they could be a 13 year old who's listening to BTS. They could also be like a 50 year old who just loves like the music, right? And enjoys it for what it is. So I think it's a little bit of that. Um, Rosa's point is also very valid about, I think like in the beginning, especially 
obviously the U.S. is much better now, but in the beginning, it's like, why are all these like skinny Asian men wearing makeup? Like, why are they wearing eyeliner? Like, they just didn't understand it. And I guess it's just like, not with a typical view of what like a hot male idol or artist should look like. And I, I think it's just like those stereotypes are also associated with it. Yeah, I think like, it gets so much hate because again, it's generic, but I think, you know, we have BTS that's like really um, pulling through in the industry, but there's just so much other types of music. I mean, I mentioned like R&B, um, indie, uh, you know, Korean music that um, people don't really listen to, but they also are part of that, you know, K-pop category. I just want to build on your point. I think that a lot of times when a lot of girls, especially young, I mean, young girls and like young women, like something it kind of gets shit on i'm also a big fan of my chemical romance and i think that they also got shit on because they are like there were a lot of girls that like it and i feel like there's there's always like kind of like a like people try to make it a point to just minimize when a lot of girls like things because it's kind of like oh it's girly it's for girls like like is that such a bad thing you know and i i guess it's because of the society that we live in that we People try to see everything uh, through men's lenses instead of women. I don't know, but I don't. I don't know if that's the reason. But there's always every time that a lot of girls like something, it's always like ridicule, and I don't know why that is. But things seem to be changing now, so I, I feel like. That was more like when we were like much younger when I was in middle school. But now I feel like, I, I mean, especially because we're trying to go with, we're getting more accepting of, you know, kind of trying to running, not running away, but going away from the narrative of the gender binary. Like we're kind of, in a way, like burning our horizons to different things. And now you see BTS in karaoke carpool, like they were amazing there. I was I had so much fun. I think I watched it so many times. And like they were in Helen. So you see them more everywhere, right? They're more widely accepted. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think, you know, it is becoming a norm. Um so yeah, I work in the education space, right? But it's hilarious when I like I go to see some workshops and then I hear mentions of like Jungkook from BTS or like Jimin and I'm like, "Wow, it's kind of crazy like hearing these people talk about it and it, it is common they think it's like really cool they want to learn the dance move and things like that so it's definitely getting more acceptance um it's particularly in the u.s so do you guys have any suggestions of so for our listeners to um what when you ask you think are out there or what do you think is the best thing to watch or i mean i would say listen to i would say if you are starting to listen to k-pop and haven't listened to them before um bts just released a new single their first english single i'm like <laughs> i'm like i might as well be their manager right um called dynamite so if you want to sing along to some bts uh music go to dynamite but i would say uh two others three other songs i recommend so uh mic drop from bts blood sweat and tears from bts which arguably i would say really started and kicked off you know them being like so popular although i know some people would disagree and then for uh big bang it would be um oh my gosh haru 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 Haru. that was uh, that that one uh day by day one of my favorite songs of all time how about you fabita 
Yeah, I mean, um, for me, I think like if you're new to K-pop and you're more into like, you know, hip hop or R&B, like I mentioned before, like there are certain groups like um, Dean or Crush or Zianti, J-Park. So kind of listen to them first and then kind of segue into listening to, you know, K-pop because I think K-pop is also having more like there's certain groups like NCT 127 that's kind of like a blend between K-pop and K-hip-hop. Um, so those are some of the ones that I would recommend. And of course, BTS, like that one is, you know, you'll love them. Like the more you learn about BTS, the more you will love them. And they have some great variety shows as well. Um, their lyrics are amazing. All the members are amazing. So I definitely recommend listening to BTS. I would recommend FX just because I love, I love them and we haven't shouted that many girls, so I would recommend them and definitely Sion T. Uh, my favorite songs is from there. So Eat or um, he has another song, No Makeup. I really love that song. Mm. So those are my recommendations. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I totally forgot about K- uh, girl K-pop groups. I am so sorry. But if you need to listen to one, it's Mamamoo, Chungha. <laughs> I knew. <laughs> Changa is amazing and Sun Sunmi. Um, so Changa and Sunmi are solo artists. Mamu is uh, a girl group. Well, so thank you everyone for joining in on our K-pop episode. I hope y'all got a little bit of listen about you know our interest in K-pop and how we got to really understand this music and get into this space, as well as take some of our suggestions that we just mentioned uh, about what K-pop artists to start listening to. I want to thank Famita for joining us today. So thank, thank you, Famita. Thank you. thank you. I had I had a lot of fun on this podcast. Thank you guys so much. Yay. Yes, if we have a K-pop part two, you're definitely coming back. All right, everyone. Um, until then, we'll see you until the next episode. Bye. Bye.